informed with your community. The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and we are really excited to have the former Speaker of the House in studio with us this morning, my former boss of sorts, Speaker Shap Smith. Good morning, Shap. Uh, great to be here, and let's be honest, there was nobody who could be your boss in the uh, State House. <laughs> I can still see, because, and I, and I don't blame you at all, because, you know, at times we were kind of being loud in the back row there, Patty Comline and I, and uh, Patty, uh-oh. Chap's giving us the look. <laughs> oh, my God. Definitely gave you the look, and I was always wondering what you were up to. Uh, so I'd be like, I'd send some people out and say, find out what Kurt and Patty are up to, because I know it's no good. <laughs> well, I, I I loved every minute of being there, I, and people ask me all the time, and I still do miss it. Do you miss it? I do miss it. Um, it it's been a great opportunity to be out of the house, Um just my kids were coming into their high school age, um, and I got to coach Nordic skiing and spend a lot of time with them and sort of go back to work and make some money. So um, I really miss the camaraderie, the policy, the politics. It was a great experience, but it I, it was time for me to go. I was, I'd been there for 14 years. I was the second longest serving speaker in the history of Vermont. Who was the longest? Ralph Wright. Ralph Wright, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was. Uh, it was time to go. It was time to go. Yeah. Well, it's. It was time for me to go too. But <laughs> but you left on your own. I got yanked off the stage. So <laughs> there's a little difference there. Well, I lost. They some They told elections. me it was time for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> I lost some elections too. So you know. Yeah. Uh, so. so Shap, before we get into a bunch of different issues, I just want to ask you before we're at the last minute, what's the future for you, Shap Smith? In politics, I mean, obviously, life goes on. You're a part of a law firm in Burlington. Not that you've just been sitting back after you've left, uh, but what about in politics? Do you see yourself running for elective office again at some point? Um, I have thought pretty seriously about it. There have been a couple of times where uh, I actually uh, was close to pulling the trigger on it. Um, you know, when the AG's race uh, opened up, I almost uh, got into that race. I'd made some commitments at work that I really couldn't get out of. Um, but uh, I, I would love to get back into politics now. Um, you know, I am the town moderator for Morseville, so uh, that's, a, that's a pretty rough job. And, uh, you and Jim Douglas. <laughs> you know, what's funny is a good friend of mine from Morrisville, um, who's a staunch conservative, far, far more conservative than I, speaks very highly of you. <laughs> well, very highly of you. You know, it's funny because I've, uh, you know, I grew up there. Um, and, you know, one of the things, and I think, you know, Kurt will understand this, is that, you know, at the local level, when you're running as a state representative, um, there's so there there aren't a lot of people in a district, and you can't afford to just be a jerk to people. Um, and you got to listen to people because you're representing the entire community. You may not actually have the same views as folks, but if if you listen to them and you can articulate why you're doing something, yeah, they really appreciate that. So, well, yeah. I think that's super important, and I, I'm I actually uh, have a sense of calm. I like the idea that you're thinking about politics again, and you took a break, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, because it feels to me like that isn't happening in Vermont right now. There, I think there are a lot of people who feel 
um, they can approach their representative and have a discussion with them. It's it's no, this is I won. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got a problem with it. Run against me in, in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And really, that is new because I grew up in Addison County and you could agree or disagree with Liz Reedy or, or, <laughs> or uh, Tom Bear, but they'd sit and talk to you about it. Yeah. They, yeah. Wouldn't, they wouldn't scream and yell at you and walk away. Yeah. I mean, there were okay. Occasionally, well. <laughs> sometimes where I might like get a little hot, I, 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 I had that part of my personality. But you know, um, it, it's really you know, particularly having run and served in a district that I grew up in. Um, you know, these are people that you've known for your entire life, and you yeah. can't, you don't, you don't really don't want to make them angry, and um, uh, and and you have to live with them afterwards, right? right? Yeah. And and you may disagree with somebody. Uh, but that doesn't mean their view isn't valid. Yeah. It's just that, you know, you you have a, a different thought about how things should happen. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Shap, you know, it is key to pick the right time to leave. You pick the right time. Because we know you think sometimes if somebody's Speaker of the House, they're sort of inoculated. The voters are going to send them back every time. But we know at least two speakers got voted out. Yep. Ralph Wright was voted out Yep, uh, down in Brattleboro and in, in uh, Bennington. And uh, more recently, Mitzi Johnson got voted out after a long time in the legislature and was Speaker of the House. Yeah, no, I mean, you have to keep your uh, finger on the pulse. Now, now Mitzi's district was always tight. Yeah. Um, and so it was, a, it was a tricky one to win for her when she wasn't Speaker of the House. Uh, you know, the first time she ran, she lost. It was always close. I remember being, uh, you know, in the war room after each uh, after the results came in and be like, phew, Mitzi uh, got through again. So um, that that was a tricky district for her. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, here's the thing. Um, you have a shelf life uh, when you're in the legislature. You should, actually. And I think that uh, you can stay too long. Um, the, the one person who did not stay too long from my perspective was Mike Obahowski because he never lost connection with his voters. Um, and, uh, great and guy. He was a great guy. Yeah. Yep. Loved, loved Obama. former speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, Shap, I want to ask, so I want to talk a little national politics yep. and some state politics and a little local politics. And first I want to go to national politics. Yep. There are polls that say the Majority of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run again. <laughs> do you fall into that group? Or do you? Would you rather see another nominee than Joe Biden? <clears throat> well, I would prefer uh, someone else, but I don't. I can't identify anybody else. Um, Gavin and, Newsom. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that uh, uh, he's ready to be on the national stage. Frankly, um, I mean, you know, I think he's been a good governor of California. I'm not sure whether he would work nationally. Um, you Paul know, Harris? Look, I, uh, I don't think that she can win the race. Um, I, I actually was a, a Harris supporter um, when she ran for president. Um, and I think that uh, she's had some um, turmoil in her office in the uh, vice presidency and did in her Senate. Um, I like her a lot, uh, but I'm not convinced she could run a successful campaign. So, So you don't see anybody that could step in. But I just got to ask you this. Do you think that Joe Biden, I mean, we've seen the slippages, it seems like, on a daily basis. At 81 years old, he would be 82 during the campaign and 86 as president, way past anything we've seen. Do you think he is capable of being president for five more years? I actually think he's been a great president. I think he's done <laughs> a great job. I, I, I do. I, I've, I've, uh, I have a ton of respect for him. He was not my candidate. 
Um, he has vastly exceeded what I thought he Why would do. Why do you think the polls then show amongst everybody that the country is headed in the wrong direction? Because the um, inflation uh, has eroded our buying power. Um, and I think that, you know, the price of gasoline is higher than um, when he came in. Um, and And people, you know, the world is a fiery place. You've got Ukraine, you've got uh, what's going on in Israel. And I think that people are just um, really nervous about what it looks like for the future. And um, a lot of those issues are outside of Joe Biden's control. Southern border isn't. The southern border is not. But let's talk about the southern border for a second. Part of what's going on is that uh, you're seeing a lot of uh, climate and um, and uh, government uh, turmoil refugees coming from um, the south of the border. Um, and this isn't going to go away. And closing the border is probably fool's gold. I don't think you can actually do it. Um, we are going to continue to have people trying to get into this country. It's happening in Europe, too. Um, and it's basically people coming from places where they having a hard time surviving and they're trying to get to a place where they think that they'll have an opportunity. But you can't let just millions of people flow across the border illegally. We don't know what they're here for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's unprecedented what's happening under Biden, way past anything Trump had. Well, I think that we uh, certainly need to tighten up the, the border, but we have to realize that um, we have to fix our immigration system as well and figure out a way to appropriately let people in who want to be here. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, good morning. Hey, Shat. You know why uh, Missy Johnson got voted out? It's because of that idiotic gun control bill she did. And if you want to fix the border, you get the Democrats out of there. <laughs> well, I, you know, let's be honest. The border was not completely fixed under Trump. And people who think it was are uh, actually not paying attention. But it's not like it is now. I mean, he had the stay in Mexico policy that he worked out with Mexico. We did not see the levels of of illegal immigrants flowing across the border that we are now. I'm not saying it's uh, it's better. I'm not saying uh, that we don't have to deal with the issue. What I'm saying is that it has been a perpetual problem and it ebbs and flows and it ebbs and flows a lot, depending on what's happening in the countries where people are coming from. Uh, Shap, let me ask you about state politics. Uh, everybody's wondering if Phil Scott will run for another term. Obviously, the last two opponents got demolished, <laughs> that being Dave Zuckerman and uh, uh, Brenda Siegel. Yep. Um, no, Brenda didn't. Uh, oh, yeah, Brenda did. That's right. She ran yep. the last yep. time. Yep. She only yep. got like 23%. So let's say he runs again. Mm-hmm. Would you run against him? Uh, I'm not in a position where I'm going to run in 2024. In any way, for anything. In anything, yeah. yeah. Uh, would you, if you were giving advice to somebody, because I think that people, I'm sure, still seek out your advice, would you advise a candidate to run against Governor Scott? He's been ranked as by the consult poll, a highly respectable poll, as the most popular governor in the country. Yeah. And he gets lots of votes from Democrats. Moreau Weinberger, I'll just cut to the chase. Moreau Weinberger is thinking about running against him. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a good idea? Uh, Moreau's a good friend of mine. I would advise him not to run against the governor. Um, and uh, I, I think that the governor is a tough beat. Um, and I think that uh, 
I think Moreau would have some challenges given sort of what's been happening in Burlington. Um, and, you know, whether that's fair to him or not, I think that that would be a challenge. You know, I, if I was um, advising a Democrat um, and they really wanted to run, I'd say you've got to be ready to focus on uh, bread and butter issues. Uh, I think the governor actually is vulnerable. Um, you know, I don't think that the state is more affordable than uh, when he started, and he can't put that all on the uh, plate of the Democrats in the uh, legislature. Um, I don't think that the governor has done enough uh, to make housing affordable um, in the state. Um, I think that he needs to figure out a way to work more effectively with the Democratic legislature to find common goals. And I say that as somebody who I I like the governor a lot. Um, I've known him for years. Uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Um, But I do think that... uh, there are some areas of vulnerability for him. But don't you think that you could flip that script around, though, and say uh, that the Democratic supermajority need to find a better way to work with Governor Scott? He has, a, obviously, a huge mandate of his own. Mm-hmm. They have a mandate of theirs, but it seems like they have just gone about stuffing the governor. I mean, is that, is that an overreach by the supermajority? So I, it's it's hard for me to know because, as you know— what you see from the outside oftentimes is different than what is happening on the inside. Um, and as somebody who was in the legislature um, and the Speaker of the House when there was a Democratic governor, it is to the governor's advantage um, to sort of uh, put a hand out towards the uh, legislature um, and say and, and keep them at, at uh, arm's length. Because it's very useful to run against a crazy legislature. So, um, can we quote you on that? Yeah, <laughs> you just called the Democratic supermajority a crazy legislature. Not just I, that. I didn't say. <laughs> I, I didn't say that the Democratic legislature was crazy. I know how we were characterized when I was the Speaker of the House, and we were characterized as the sort of crazy Democratic legislature that didn't understand what By was going on for the a fellow Democrat. Because it's easy to have you have to when you're running, you have to have an opposition. I was lucky enough to be characterized <laughs> as a crazy legislator. <laughs> By both a Republican and a Democratic governor. <laughs> and like I said to Keisha Ram Hinsdale the other day when, when, concerning her housing, I said, if you are an equal opportunity offender in politics, you're doing something right. Yep. Peter Shumlin held you. Was he, it he would, he would, you know, uh, the, <laughs> Peter and I were, were, were good friends. He, he didn't have any problem calling me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Um, so you're saying, you said earlier that uh, you didn't support Kamala Harris as uh, running for president because you don't think she could hit uh, run a successful campaign. Which, what you're really saying is that there's, she, has a, she doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell at winning. Um, basically, she's just a checked box um, along with the, the national, or along with the uh, Secretary of uh, Transportation and the Secretary of Health. They're all checked boxes just to appease a certain group. Um, and if you think that uh, Joe Biden has exceeded um, your expectations, boy, I don't want to know what those are because uh, the country and the world are in a horrible place. Okay. We only got a few minutes left with Shap. Any question? 
Oh, it's no, gone. Not. Okay. It's I think I think he joined uh, Governor Douglas and uh, Governor uh, Shumlin in thinking I'm crazy. So. <laughs> Sounds like he might be one of them. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, boys. How are you? We're doing well. How about yourself? Well, I'm upright and taking nourishment. All right. We only got, uh, we only got a little bit of time left with Shap. What's your question for him? Okay. So, first, I'd like to thank Mr. Smith. Because at first, when I heard him reply to Kurt's question, it, it infuriated me. But waiting for the phone to get answered, I calmed down and I need to thank him. <laughs> because he, he actually pointed out the problem in not only state government, but national government. And that's, uh, it, there's no partisan politics anymore. It's all just, or bipartisan politics, it's all partisan. Because you're, Mr. Smith, you were quick to say the governor hasn't met all his obligations. He doesn't have made things affordable, and 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 um, he's missed on several notes. But then when Kurt asked about the supermajority, you said that you really couldn't answer that and, and wouldn't want to dive into details and said that it's not the Democrats' fault for the price of things being where they are. But how can you say that when who is it who restructured our our school funding system so that now we're going to be looking at an 18 to 20 percent tax increase that wasn't the governor the governor's dead set against it so okay. I, I think you're you're being biased all right we Thank you. gotcha and uh Shep, actually that was on my list to ask you about 18 and percent we know how that works with the december 1st letter from the tax commissioner yep. doesn't mean that's what's going to happen yep. the governor has called for I, I don't know what he's calling for exactly but he's saying that that's unacceptable and they've got to change that what do you, what's your thoughts on that so, um, as you uh, rightly pointed out, uh, that number um, is <clears throat> one that's likely to come down. Um, and uh, it, that is a political document. It's been a political document, whether it's a Democratic governor or a Republican governor. And um, it is always used to say property taxes are too high. We've got to do something about it. That said... Um, we are going to have a difficult time. There's a ton of money that's coming off the table that had come into the education fund um, and its state government from the federal government, um, and we're coming off that cliff. Um, I think they're going to be tough discussions at the local level because those rates, those property tax rates, go right to the bottom line of what people are paying at the local level, and I think that we're going to see a lot of school budgets fail this year. And they that letter is based on what they think is going to be the collective spending all across the state, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that what you'll see is that uh, school boards um, are going to uh, try to bring budgets in lower because they, they're not going to be able to um, pass 18% increases. Um, all right, I got to before you go, Shep. I got to ask you about the local scene in Burlington. Mm-hmm. You, of course, don't live in Burlington. You're in Jericho, Underhill, Morrisville. What? That's right, Morrisville. Who am I thinking? Lamoille County, Morrisville. man. Yeah, Lamoille County, of course. Yeah. Got to love I don't it. Know where I come up with Jericho? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you obviously work in Burlington, mm-hmm. law firm. Yep. Um, give us a quick. Are you supporting anybody for mayor in Burlington? I, I am not. Uh, I mean, I know both Joan um, and Karen, uh, and I know Emma as well. Um, and uh, I, I don't I don't have to take a position and therefore I am not going to. 
<laughs> Maybe a wise man. There. I was going to say. <laughs> I know. Uh, have you been asked? You must have been. No, I haven't. Um, you you know, haven't. No, I haven't. And you know, I, I think that's appropriate. I mean, I'm not a, a oh, voter I in town. Oh, I would have been asking him. <laughs> I mean, not for me because I know he wouldn't have been supporting me. But but if well, I there was, might be if, some situations. But, yeah. If I if I were them, I would have been asking Chap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. No. It, it's funny because there's a lot of folks that are not from Burlington that are kind of weighing in, and I'm like. Okay, I get it because Burlington, and I say this coming from Addison County, yep. it's the center of the universe. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, that's why everybody's got kind of a interest. Well, which, I have a vested interest in it. I mean, I'm yeah. there every day. Yeah. Um, you know, we have 55 employees at our place. Um, you know, we are not immune to uh, a number of the issues that are happening in Burlington, um, and you know, I have a very vested interest in making sure that Burlington gets back to uh, the place that we've had before. Do you think uh, the candidates have been asking this? I know Stuart Ledbetter asked this to the candidates, and we asked the same thing on the show. Do you think that Burlington has become too permissive? Um, I think that we have, we we do have to tighten things up. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Shap Smith is not taking a position in the mayor's race. (laughs) He is giving Moreau some on-air advice. Don't run (laughs) for governor. Sorry, Moreau. (laughs) And uh, Shap, thanks for being on the morning drive today. We really appreciate it. All right, thanks. And I I appreciate those looks that you used to give me when I was sitting in the back row. (laughs) Sitting in the back row making trouble. I'm sure Anthony is still giving you those looks. (laughs) Oh, yeah, everybody does. And they were were well, uh, they were, uh, I understood them very well. Yeah. All right, talk to you guys soon. (laughs) Thanks, Shap. Thanks for coming in. All right, we're going to check in with uh, Fox News. Uh, Rich has the headlines, and then we'll be back with uh, Courtney Lambden and uh, Patrick uh, Crowley from... uh,